What if you could wake up today and not care what other people think at all? Like things wouldn't even bother you. I mean, how liberating would that be to just be able to say, oh, when someone leaves me a really bad comment on my apps or when somebody just looks at me the wrong way or even somebody who's really close to me and my family, they're just really difficult with me and it doesn't get to me the way it does now. How would that feel and how amazing would that be? Well, today I'm going to explain to you kind of like why that happens to us and how we can get to a better place. And I'm going to do it by sharing a little bit about how I did it so that we can all kind of start to think about what we can do to stop caring about what other people think so much. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. Now, this is the probably last couple days of me just finishing up the love series. I'm actually not going to talk about love today, but this could be indirectly related to love if you are having issues with the way you've been rejected by someone else or are really just down and hard on yourself about what other people have said about you. It could be, you know, a marriage proposal. It could be um, something your parents said in the midst of looking for love. But this is actually not a podcast directed at love. This is a podcast about how to stop eating yourself away at like what people say about you and how to stop caring so much and taking stuff to heart and getting like deeply, deeply saddened or anxious or angry about things that other people are saying that could or could not be true in the first place. So this is something I I honestly, I am so guilty. When I was younger, I was very, very worried about what people thought about me. I think like any any young person, I think, especially between the ages of eight and 11. And I want to talk about that for a minute and then how that carried on into my young adulthood and how honestly I didn't stop caring till probably about 10, 11 years ago. So I want to just tell you some of what I've learned. And so you can hopefully do it a lot faster than I did. And I think what I realized is there were a lot of young women just struggling with this. And a lot of it is also has to do with a lot of the social environment or the media. There's a lot of pressure on us, as we all know, but that really doesn't matter because we could all deal with it in a better way anyway and I want to share that way with you today all right so um this is the last uh right before I start this is the last reminder I'm just going to say that today's episode is uh sponsored by my Muslim marriage lab which is my online course that is a four-week course and it is currently like 50% off but there's actually only about 24 hours left to catch this deal and I just want to throw that out there because there were a lot of people that uh, actually there are a lot of people that joined already especially and I'm looking so forward to working with them one-on-one but there are a lot of people kind of like hanging on the last minute, you know, doing a lot of inshallahs. And I don't want them to be upset that I didn't make that final announcement that if they did want to jump on, um, this is kind of like the last call for the train that's leaving the station. And um, the reason really is, is because I'm not going to have open registration probably on any of my courses ever. Um, you know, as I give you a lot of like uh, free content and everything all the time, but for people that know that they really want to like make huge changes, I actually probably have to give you like more detailed stuff in documents and slideshows and whatever. So that 
that is going to be online. Maybe I'll put the link in the show notes for the last time. But honestly, within 24 hours, that deal will be totally gone. And if I do bring that program again, it will probably, I'm going to tell you for sure, not be the same price because I gave a deep discount this time. So if you can take advantage of that and the free gift that comes along with it. And I'm looking so forward to hanging out with all of you as we're going to go on our journey together as a family to help you find a spouse like an expert and explore kind of like by the end of it, guys, everybody's going to know inshallah what they want, uh, if a particular person is compatible for them and all that great stuff and how to deal with family and the stress of it all and the step by step of how to do it right so you have barakah in your marriage. So looking forward to that for you guys. Just wanted to give that last warning so I, nobody is mad with me when they I tell them the gates are closed. But please, um, if you're interested, check out the link today. Okay, guys. So let's dump right into... Um, today so I wanted to share with you kind of like my small journey um you know a lot of people say to me oh how can I not care so much I'm super anxious I'm super sad and let me just say like like I said that that wasn't always the case for me um I I would say even and I'm gonna go this far as saying I would say I almost had an eating disorder when I was younger um what happened was at some point I don't know between 8 and 11 I had gotten a little bit overweight and I think it was just like you know just like you just don't pay attention to your weight and I wasn't super active um I love to read to write and I would think more more of like the activity I was doing was more stationary and then I started to realize about the time I went into middle school, you know, like when it's not elementary anymore, that I really did have a weight issue. And then it started to bother me. And I noticed that I couldn't fit, let's say, into clothes that were for my age group. And I had to go up into the women's group a little bit earlier than probably everybody else. And I became really, really self-conscious. And there came a point, I think, where eventually I couldn't really take it anymore. I just wanted to be skinnier. But I didn't, like, I didn't, my family didn't really, like, they weren't huge exercise people or anything like that. And we actually didn't eat poorly it's just that I think I would sit for a long periods of time and snack a lot you know and so I think I I, I got an eating disorder and then probably no one really talked about it with me so much I, I think my parents were a little bit worried at some point but it happened for about a year or two and then I, I reached a desired weight and then from then I ended up joining sports I think from middle school into high school I went and I joined some sports and then I actually learned that a more active lifestyle would actually solve that problem for me. So alhamdulillah, that problem like kind of solved itself, alhamdulillah. Because some people, they take that, you know, into the adulthood. So I'm really grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he showed me I was really big at playing sports and everything. And I even to this day, I love sports so much. Not watching them so much, more like doing them with other women and stuff. It's super fun. Um, so yeah, looking back now as an adult, I'm just like, wow. And then the other thing that made it hard for me was when I was overweight I didn't have as many people interested in me in terms of being my friend or being I still had friends and everything alhamdulillah but like as like they were like as soon as I lost the weight all of a sudden so many more people wanted to be my friend and so many more people like were like checking me out and like wanted to talk to me and I didn't know what to do with all that attention to be honest but now that I look back as an adult I'm just like wow what a bunch of superficial people <laughs> they were and how I shouldn't have given them probably that much attention but at the time you know when you're young you're kind of overwhelmed by it but it really was just rooted in a lack of self-esteem I had low self-esteem like many women do and I've talked about this before in my previous podcast maybe I'm going to link this in the show notes how body image is a huge problem for women it's not even just something we're talking about I know we might have heard it a thousand times but I just like not for me necessarily but society but I just want to throw out the statistic there that in the west about 90 
90, almost 95% of women have issues with their body image. That says a lot. And we know that that issue is rooted in low self-esteem or not feeling comfortable in their own skin. And that could be rooted in many things. It could be like family. You know, I know I had certain particular family members who would constantly make fun of me. Um, And so things like that, or it could be people in your school, or it could be just, you know, you scrolling through Instagram and seeing all the pretty girls in the cute little summer dresses, whatever it is, you know, we each have something that could be, um, you know, making us to think too much about that more than we should. But the truth is, um, what I learned and what I had to do is I had to address my, my doubts about myself. I had to learn how to love myself, and it's really true, as cliche as it sounds, before I could be strong enough to then not deal with what other people thought of me. They're very much connected. Because as soon, like even with my Islam, like there are so many people that are not comfortable with being Muslim in public, right? So you got females who are like doing turban hijabs and doing like their, and I'm not knocking anybody's particular, you know, styles right now. I'm not going to, I'm not into judging or anything. I'm just telling you um, where they're wearing their hijabs in a certain way. So kind of like it's a little, don't get me wrong. Some people like, again, they do it for style or fashion, but um, you know, they, they do it kind of in a way to be like less inconspicuous. Like people can't pick them out as Muslims. Oh, we know like the whole thing with the guys like he went from Hamed to Mo Astaghfirullah you know like you have the best of names and you name yourself like something random and and I always like to call these people undercover Muslims you know like those ones when they walk past you and you're Muslim and everyone's around they don't say anything they just look at you and then they keep going but they know like you're connected with them because you're both Muslim and then when no one else is around they're like alaikum, alaikum. and you're like okay like alaikum. like it's not a big secret and, and you know that comes because like we have a lot of issues with our community because we are not looked upon with really great favoritism right and I totally get that so the Muslim community is going through a lot but it's the same thing with our Islam like if you're strong about your Islam then you don't mind so like people are like oh you can just go everywhere and you talk and you pray in public obviously in in an appropriate way and like yeah I'm like I don't care like I don't really care what the non-Muslims think to be honest because you know like everybody has their own issues and this is another thing you're going to find out and I think this happened too that helped me to feel better about myself you always think a lot of times that other people have it together but you don't right you might even be like listening to me right now and be like wow mindful muslima she really has it together i don't guys nobody has it together all of the time not a sheikh not imam nobody has it together not your teacher not your parents not that huge scholar you heard about nobody has it together all of the time It's just a matter of who kind of handles their situations better than others, but everybody has their tough points. So the minute you realize everybody's human, there's no like superhuman people around you, you start to feel that much more comfortable in your own skin and with your own issues and weaknesses. And so that's why I think once I realized that some people who I really looked up to had big problems too, it made me go, oh, okay, it's normal for me not to be like perfect about this and perfect about that. So what the good mormon is doing is they're noticing their imperfections and they're working on it, like honestly working on it. And that's all we're, we're called to do and strive for in this world. Be conscious and work on ourselves and grow and grow and grow. But for the people who want to be lazy, irresponsible, that's a whole nother story, right? Like if you're all like this and that, you're lazy with your salah, but you're like, oh, inshallah, fix it. Or you're like lazy with the way you dress as a Muslim and you're like, oh, it's okay if it's a little tight here. You know, when I get married, I'll dress a bit more modest. No, that's completely not 
not cool because like islamically we're called to do the right thing i'm talking about people who want to do the right thing but they're struggling with it those other people are just being like neglectful and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a lot of warning for those people so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the people who are not neglectful of our deen our responsibility the gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us in um you know becoming better so now I want to share some really personal stuff with you guys about kind of like where I am now and what I've learned about myself by actually changing becoming stronger and then learning a lot about my personality i think it's really interesting i found out something a while back that i think is so so neat and i want to share with you guys but i just wanted to throw out the point really quick about if the job is to address your self-doubt right that's all i did i addressed my self-doubt was like okay so what am i not so great at and then i got real with the areas about that that i need to improve and i asked allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance and that was it, guys. Like, that was my journey. Like, if you ask me, like, what's the secret? Like, I'm giving it right now. <laughs> like, that's the secret. The secret was, I got, I, I realized not everybody's perfect. So I was like, okay, okay, so there's a chance for me. And then I addressed my own self-doubts about myself by looking at myself for real and thinking about, okay, all right, so I'm a little bit like this and I got to fix that and, like, whatever. So, like, for example, when I was young, I was really unorganized. But then after a while, I realized after I became a mother, when I was like, you know, like 20 something years ago, I realized like, wow, that's not effective. <laughs> it's not good to be a mother who's unorganized because then you can't ever find your kids stuff. You're always late for the doctor. You're not feeding your kids on time. Like kids are screaming. Things are chaotic. And I'm like, wow, I'm just making my own mess because of my lack of organization that is not serving me well so I got really hip to the fact that I needed to get over that part of myself that wasn't so great and then I knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke in the Quran about the use of time and I realized like oh haram I'm not efficiently using my time let me get real with that and fix it didn't know everything about doing it asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help he led me to the right teachers and people who guided me and I did it and it's that simple. So if it is that simple, let me just pose a huge question here. If it is that simple, why aren't more people able to do it? Why aren't more people able to get over their own issues and then in, in effect, not care about what other people think? Let me tell you the secret to that. It's as simple as that most people aren't even willing to do step one and take a deep look at themselves. It is way easier to just like not even pay attention and end up scrolling on apps on your phone and you know watching videos and movies and stuff and and that's because then you don't have to deal with yourself you got to deal with your the skeletons in your closet and all your issues but then don't wonder why you're not having um, a more positive life where you don't care about people think you feel good about yourself and this and this and this because you didn't put the time in or I didn't put the time in it's really as simple as that so most people won't even take step one which is saying hey I got some stuff I got to deal with with myself let me take a look at what it is and be honest about that and that's really really important and um People end up in a lot of bad relationships because of that because they haven't dealt with their stuff and they bring all that, that baggage into relationships. And some people right now who are married might know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you have a spouse who hasn't dealt with his own stuff or you're a wife yourself and you haven't dealt with your own stuff and you can see how that's not serving you well in your marriage. So that's why when I talk to people in my, even in my Muslim marriage lab course, it's like the step one is self, um, like self-reflection. That's the whole first module of the course because if you don't set that right, everything else 
you know, doesn't go as positive and then in choosing someone if you haven't done that work. So I help you and I walk you through that work myself. So that's why I really like put that in there and I really like felt passionate about everybody getting that part of the course and getting the course in general to just move forward with yourself. But you know, nowadays, I just want to tell you where I've come to right now and then the bit about like what my personality trait is, which I think is really cool. There's about 16 different personality traits that people have. And today I'm going to share. I didn't even tell this to my husband yet. I just realized that. Yeah, I was going to make my husband, um, you know, do the whole thing with me as well. But anyway, um, nowadays, I just want to say that the only people I would cry over, like get really hurt about if like care a lot about what they think um, is if they were people that um I'm accountable for and the reason that is is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will ask us in yawm al-qiyamah about the people we're in care of the people we're supposed to be taking responsibility for Rasulullah he says everybody is a shepherd for their sheep so if it's my children and my children earnestly are hurt by me that kills me even if you know kids can misbehave and maybe they deserve this or that no at the end Allah will ask me how I dealt with my children if my children will speak for me that I was unfair and unfit mother or something this will kill me I will feel so horrible the same thing with my husband you know Allah will ask me what is the treatment of my husband he's half my dean or my mother or my sister so I'm talking about more my internal family these are the people I spend more of my energy on because there are people you're accountable for so depending on what kind of a person you are you're accountable for people so for example if it's the president that's really horrible, right? You're accountable for a lot of people. That's actually why in the time of Rasulullah nobody wanted to be a leader. That's really interesting, right? Here, everybody's jumping, right? Oh, I want to be the leader because they want this big salary and these cushiony, you know, situations and the nice house and the nice... In the time of Rasulullah nobody wanted to be a leader. They would be like, you, you, you do it. Because they knew the accountability was huge. Especially Umar who he used to be so worried that even an animal would hurt itself in the road if something was in the road. He took it so seriously. That's why you hear about him or Abu Bakr who like they would go to the people who are the poor people and they would like find out like, are you being taken care of by your ruler? You know, undercover, even though they knew they were the ruler. Because people took it super serious. But nowadays we don't. So yeah, that's what I spend more of my time and focus on. Now, does it mean if a sister, for example, messages me that I don't care about what she thinks and she tells me, sister, you hurt my feelings? No, absolutely not. Because part of our accountability is to community as well and stuff like that. So what I do, in all honesty, is I ask myself, am I fulfilling the rights of others. Have I given everybody their haq? Have I given everybody their rights? I don't focus on looking out for my rights and then complaining, I didn't get my rights. He's supposed to give me my rights. Astaghfirullah. No, I don't do that. You know why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when people die, he likes them. I don't have to do that work for him. Astaghfirullah. Allah kareem. He knows how to handle people. But what Allah will do is when I die, Allah may I have a good ending, say I mean, you know, like, I, he will ask me how I dealt with my children, how I dealt with my husband. If those those people weren't kind to me, no worries. He'll deal with them when he gets to them. I don't have to feel like Allah is unjust and he won't. So you never feel slighted by people because you know in the end Allah will give them what they deserve. You know? But um, what I wanted to share with you now was my personality test results and what type of personality I actually have because I thought it was super interesting because I actually didn't know I had this personality type at all. Okay, so 
when I took this test, and by the way, I actually made this part of my course. So anybody who gets the Muslim Marriage Lab, uh, they actually have um, access to how to take the test and how to look at the results and how to use the results to find a spouse that matches your personality and stuff like that. So that's all in there. But anyway, I just wanted to tell you like my results when I took it because it actually made me understand why I didn't care so much once I got old enough and I had passed these points of myself where like I started to focus on what was important. And so like I... I am um, in case any of you are curious, I found out, and this is crazy, that only 1% of people in the world have my personality trait. Talk about crazy, right? I'm like, uh-oh, that's either a really good thing or a really bad thing. I'm like, I hope it's not bad, right? So anyway, so let me tell you, it was a relief, honestly, when I read the results because when I read the description of my personality, it was so creepy it was like somebody knew me but they had just met me you know like they have those astaghfirullah like those soothsayers I was like how do they know everything about me right now because what happens is when you take the personality test you take these questions and then based on the answer of the questions yada yada like I said it's all in my course but you take the the test and based on the way you answer it shows your personality so um okay so in case any of you are curious out of the 16 personality traits, because there's, I think there's traits and there's something else, um, mine was advocate. So I'm an advocate, which is honestly a shock to me because I thought I was going to be a little bit more or less of something else. But when I read the description of my personality trait, trait like I said, it can't, it totally made sense to me why I was having all these emotional issues in my previous situations in my life. Like seriously, have you guys ever heard my podcast um, how I put mean girls in, in Fortune 500 companies in their place. That's like the haha joke. Um, it's a real podcast that I wrote. Um, and it's, it's, maybe I'll link it below. Yeah, this explained to me why I had such a problem with those people and it was emotionally bothering me so much. Yes, I handled it well, alhamdulillah, but it was emotionally really troublesome to me. And I didn't know why it was bothering me so much. And then when I read this, like I'm, I'm going to read it for you right now, the description of what I read. So it says, advocate personalities need to find meaning in their work and to know that they are helping and connecting with people. An advocate working, for example, as a Ferrari salesperson is highly unlikely. Like they don't like empty work that doesn't help people. Um, their desire to help and connect makes careers in healthcare or holistic this or teaching that um, very rewarding for them. They tend to be um, counselors, leaders, psychologists, doctors, coaches, spiritual guides, and, and on and on. And this made perfect sense to me because even though I never ever wanted to be any of those things, Things. I wanted to be, this is so scary. I wanted to be a lawyer, guys. And it's funny because even though I wanted to be a lawyer when I was little, it was for the same advocacy reason. I wanted to fight for people's rights who were being disenfranchised. So it's still like advocating. It just wasn't wasn't my kind of advocating I learned later on. But, um, you know, all power to all the lawyers out there because we do need them because Muslims get arrested often. How about that? So, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, but when... When I read on about the work part and it said like they don't like when people question them when or, or accuse them, excuse me, accuse them when they haven't done something wrong. So, for example, if in a job someone said that I did something dishonest and I know I didn't, they said that they become very upset about that because they pride themselves on loyalty and being trustworthy and being honest. And that is actually exactly what happened in my Fortune 500 situation and especially the one where I told you guys about the mean girls. I was getting accused by all the mean girls 
girls that I had done a ton of things I didn't. And that really, really hurt me. But I couldn't pinpoint like why I couldn't get over it as much as other things. And when I read this description, it made all the sense to me. Um, you know, um, then they went on to describe my thing like uh, they have a vivid imagination with a strong sense of compassion. They like to resolve human challenges and that's so funny like that's exactly why I made this podcast I didn't even know like real put those two together and you know at the time and so like this is very interesting to me so this is the thing um this understanding of who I am then I went wow now I get who I am I feel like I really connect with my purpose now I understand what kind of person I need to marry, a person who shares some of my passion, who shares some, like my husband is kind of similar to that. Like he doesn't really go out there. He's kind of a quiet guy, but at the same time, he in two seconds would just be backing up all the same stuff and backing up. And for that reason, we're compatible. For that reason, we have a good marriage. But if I hadn't figured out who I was first, and then, you know, what kind of person would be compatible with that? It doesn't have to be exactly your type. There are some personality traits that clash and you should never marry those types. And that's things like, this is why people have problems. They don't know their own. And then they marry people who are the polar opposites of them. Then they have horrible marriages and they don't know why. Like people right now listening to this could be one of those situations. It doesn't mean all is lost. There's things we can do. But my point is to the younger people who are not married, why do that? Right. And that's why, like, again, I made my Muslim marriage course. It's not because I'm trying to like, you know, um, you know, push it out there for the world. It's because honestly, we could be avoiding so much pain. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? and wonder why did this happen? You know, it's kind of like common sense. But anyway, so yeah. So once I realized who I was and I read you this snippet here, it was really, really hard for me. So I want to tell you this last story about this scholar that died that really affected my life. Just quick last story. Um, I know this, this is a little bit longer than the average podcast where I'm doing, but I want you guys to really drive it home that you could easily also feel better by just focusing on these types of things and get to, because people ask me all the time, how can I, how can I feel better? How can I stop caring? How can I feel less hurt? How can I feel less sad? Here I am giving you personal stories of how I've overcome that. So one thing I want to tell you is um, what I realized after the, uh, understanding who I am, I realized that my life goal is to do more harm than good because the prophet peace be upon him said people in life, they're either a benefit or a harm. When they die, people either feel relieved from them when they die or they feel a great sense of loss because there was so much to benefit from them on this earth. Now, when I kind of heard the, I'm paraphrasing the hadith, when I heard that one, I didn't really get it until this thing happened to me one time. Um, I don't know if it was like five to seven years back. Um, I've had deaths in my family, but I have to say... I feel horrible, but I didn't actually cry for any of those deaths. They were like, I'm like, oh, you know, alhamdulillah, like, you know, they weren't meant to be. They were supposed to go at that time. Allah wanted to take them, you know, alhamdulillah, uh, you know, I just, I, I understood it. But seriously, there was this imam. I'm not going to say his name because people, like I said, they're too, like, imam sensitive. But like, oh, they like to, like, curse out all the imams. This one is a good imam. This one is not. He's this. He's astaghfirullah. I don't believe in any of that. So I'm just going to keep it kosher and just say it's all about the experience. It's not about the imam. But um, honestly, I learned a lot from this imam and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward him and bring him to the highest levels of Jannah al-Firdaus. I mean, and so um, he taught me so much and I was one of his biggest students and he didn't even know. He was posting videos on YouTube online and he, he's a very famous sheikh actually. Um, and one day I got word that he was killed and it was not of a natural cause of death, but he was murdered. And I remember sitting in my car, hearing the, the news, actually my sister told me and she's, and, and she, she, 
didn't actually know about him. She's like, oh, did you hear this blah, 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 Sheikh died? And I was like, what? And then when she told me how, I was like, what? And I remember going in my car and bawling my eyes out. And I had, I'm like, what is wrong with me right now? Like, I couldn't stop. And there was this moment between my heavy breathing where I was like, why the heck am I crying like this? I've never cried like this for anyone before. And, and then I thought of that hadith of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm crying because I can no longer benefit from him. He's not going to make any more lessons and present them to us. And I felt so sad. And it was in that moment and a couple moments years later that I realized that's what I want to be. I want to be someone who benefits people. When they die, people say that sister benefited me. And you know what? He put those, those videos on YouTube and guess what guys, those videos are playing every day and people are learning from him every day. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is elevating him every day as like a sadaqa jariya. He did this to help people be better in their Islam. And when I make these podcasts, I have a similar niyyah, a similar intention. Like if I die, Ya Rabb, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow my voice to go across the airwaves even after I die. And if anyone has benefited and become better and closer to you, oh Allah, please let me, let me have any mercy from you from it. SubhanAllah. And this is kind of that. So I realized that the best thing I could do is have impact. And I made a promise to myself that day to follow in the path of this sheikh and the, and the prophet, peace be upon him. Now, I know it's hard, guys. I'm just going to close saying I know it's hard because people are judging you, right? People are judging you all the time. And it really doesn't matter what they think. Let me tell you why. Because they're not grading your test paper. What do I mean by that? Like, life is a test. And at the end of the day, you're going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grade your test, the exam of life. None of those people will, right? So who should we be focusing on? Those people are having their own test and they could be failing their own test. May Allah, they should make dua for one another. Even that sister you don't like that much because you don't know what she's going through. So I encourage any person listening to this to find your passion. Find your purpose and how you can give back. And once you know your passion and you know you're super strong about who you are and you've come to grips with your issues and you start to address them, you will feel that peace you're looking for. But not before that. Not before that. I'm just being honest. So when people ask me, I just want you to know the answer to, to, to finding is, you know, you have to, to live for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who's always providing for us. And he's so often ignored by us and neglected. You know, we don't give too many cents about him. We, we care more about everybody else and social media and our neighbors. And then, you know, like, let's get hyper-focused on what really matters, guys. And you will be free. The day I stopped caring what other women thought about me was the day I was free. And yeah, I'm going to say that out loud. I don't care if someone doesn't like me unless it's because I've wronged them. Then I feel totally horrible. And I'm like, you know what? Astaghfirullah. I'm sorry. How can I make that right? But if they're just like hating on me, you know, for no reason, just because they want to be mean. No, I don't really care. Because that's normal. You know, it's normal. You're going to have people who not everyone will like you. That's okay. I'm, maybe not everybody like likes my style. That's okay. I don't like necessarily listen to every other person out there. Everybody has something they're drawn to, and that's fine. I'm not mad at them, but I also don't like stay too long in that sadness if they're leaving me a negative comment. I just wish them well, and I move on. That's all. Okay, no problem. May Allah make it easy for you. Move on. So it'll become easier as you practice doing that. But the end, I want to end with this one last thing to explain to you. There is a caveat. There is a difference between listening to empty negative comments versus taking constructive criticism well. So more or less, the Prophet, peace be upon, us, uh, peace be upon him, taught us that the person who can't take 
criticism, constructive criticism, could possibly have an ego issue, like a problem with kibir, with arrogance in themselves. So I just want us to understand that sometimes people will come to you with um, advice or a comment and we might not like it. Don't dismiss it completely. There's always some uh, ounce of truth in a comment. There's always some ounce of truth. So what we should do instead when we hear something bad is say, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala present that to me right now in my life? What did he need me to learn or to benefit from that? It could be a story you've heard a thousand times. Why did you hear it that day in February? What's the reason? Or it could be a person who just was like horribly mean, but they could have drawn your attention to something that you didn't realize. It could be a gift. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us to stop caring about what other people think and start loving ourselves and loving the one who gives us everything a little bit more or even a lot more. Thank you guys so much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.